your host, Veronica Thompson, and welcome to Above the Mead, a podcast about individuals actively pursuing their passions and pushing themselves to be better than the standard in order to stand out. Today, I am joined by Lauren Silver, a social media business coach, as well as the founder and CEO of YIB, aka Yeah, I'm Black clothing brand. And if that wasn't impressive enough, she is also a professional athlete. Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So Lauren, would you just like to give yourself like a brief introduction just for a few of our audience members who may not know you? Yeah, so I'm Lauren Silver. Um, I'm more known as Lo, so just call me Lo. Um, I am a social media business coach, so I do help with building entrepreneurs, brands, businesses through social media in order to monetize um, their brands and their businesses. I also, like Veronica said, have a clothing brand called YIB that's focused on highlighting and accentuating brown voices in your community. So um, I've got some nice hoodies, t-shirts, things of that sort. You guys can find me on social media um, at low silver underscore. You can also find me at YIB the brand. Um, so look me up. Let's have some conversation and some chat, you know, some chatting, but Ultimately, the whole point of what I'm doing is as as a woman um, and as an entrepreneur and also as an athlete, I'm advocating for myself, for women, for people of color, and um, just really sharing my story and being able to you know touch as many lives as possible through helping entrepreneurs grow, but also you know through brand awareness with my clothing brand. So that's essentially what I do in one of my careers. On the other side, like Veronica said. Um, I play professional soccer as well. I represented Jamaica at the Women's World Cup two summers ago um, and am currently not with the team, but will be joining a team this coming year. So I'll be running my business while playing at the same time. Oh, wow. So how how do you plan to balance that? Because I know being an athlete is not easy. You guys train. You guys have to work out. Like, So how? what kind of mindset or what tools do you use to stay on track and stay organized? Yeah. So first and foremost, um, being that I'm an athlete and I also am an entrepreneur, I feel like it's such a great, it creates a really good balance for me. As an athlete, there's such a huge platform to build business and to create networking opportunities. So it kind of just like flows together. That's also why I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are athletes, because there already is a platform there for people that they don't necessarily utilize or leverage in, in the right way. So um, I just feel like those two go hand in hand, like you're branding yourself, essentially, you're constantly on some of the biggest platforms in the world. And what better way of being out there, but also having something that you can be growing simultaneously. So yes, it's great, but it can present its challenges. And so what I've done is, you know, having a business model where I can work with people virtually has been a huge piece to being able to travel all over the world, travel wherever, and just really work from Wi-Fi. So that's one of the things that's been great is the way that I is that is the way that I work. I don't work with people in person. I work with them virtually. So that's really helped me a ton. Um, I also have a team of people that I've built over time. So my team is very important for keeping me organized. So not only do I have a team when I'm playing soccer, right, but I have a team within my business. So my team helps me to stay really organized. Without them, I couldn't do half of the stuff that I'm doing. Um, but even before I had a team as a sole proprietor or, or you know solo entrepreneur. I just was super organized with my scheduling. So typically like an athlete only really trains about two, three hours of the day. Like we're probably 
training, we're doing recovery, we're getting to and from the field. So it's about, I would say two to four hours, but the rest of the time, like we have a lot of open time to do pretty much anything. So in that empty time, I do a lot of like myself, you know, um, mental preparation, um, just like my low time, I call it, you know, like where I do my own things. And then, um, you know, and then I separate time to work on my business, um, you know, as another means of bringing in income and establishing, you know, my career. So it's just about finding that balance and having a team of people, a good support system that can help you. And then having really good discipline and consistency just to make sure you're getting the things done the way you want to. But that balance is really important because if it does get a little bit skewed, you will, you know, it's kind of hard to balance at that point. But honestly, if you have that good support system and you're organized, then it really works pretty seamlessly. And I do this every day because I still am training, even though I'm not with a team right now. I'm still currently playing, like like working out and training so I can prepare myself. So my schedule will look really similar when I'm in season as well. That's awesome. So low. I just got to ask, you're a very confident woman. Like a lot of your posts showcase so much of your personality, which is just basically you being unapologetically you. And I love that. Where do you think that confidence comes from? And how did you kind of find your voice? Yeah, so I think that's such a great question because my confidence, I feel like if I just kind of go and look back in retrospect, this was kind of the scenario I was in when I was growing up. So from the like color space, like I was saying, I, I kind of walked, I like even, even the other day I walked into dye my hair. So I walked into a CVS and on both sides, there's like this one side where you can get the hair products and it's like clearly for white people. And then there's like a whole different section clearly for black people. And I'm always like buying all of my products from, from the black people section because my hair, especially when I was, when I was younger, was super, super long, but it's very curly and it gets very like frizzy. It also has like different wave patterns within my actual hair too. So everything I buy is like from the black section. And I remember growing up when I was younger, I always like begged my mom to get these, like they had like these Brazilian um, straightening like things that they used to have back in the day. And I always would beg my mom, like, please let me get this. Cause I wanted my hair to be so, so straight because everyone else around me had really, really straight hair. And um, I was born in Kendall, Miami, but I I early on in the first couple of years of my life moved up north a little bit to um, Broward County and the area I lived in, it was predominantly white. So I always like wanted to have like this long white, you know, beautiful hair, like all the other white girls. And um, I clearly didn't, you know, and I, I just remember myself like always feeling like I couldn't identify with those girls or the black girls. Cause I was with the black girls. I was, you know, too light to be with them and I was too dark to be with the white girls. And I always found myself sitting in like this mixing pot of, like miscellaneous people and just not really finding my footing. And then from like the athletic space, I've always had a really athletic build. My, my legs and my thighs and my glutes were always like, you know, really well shaped and muscular. And so it made me kind of feel insecure because I would get kind of made fun of um, by girls or just not looking like the other girls. And it just kind of put me in a position where I was very insecure and I was very young and I didn't know where I was. And People don't talk about this, but having two parents, one that's black and one that's white, um, we don't necessarily talk about the difficulties that I'm going to experience growing up. And we didn't really discuss it. So I didn't really know what to expect. Like I kind of just went through life trying very, very hard for a very long time to try to fit in. And it kind of made my life very difficult. And so as I grew up um, and went to college and started to meet new people and just really kind of found my footing I really realized that I'm never going to fit in with anyone. 
um, no matter what. And I'm never going to feel or look like anyone else. I'm never going to have those experiences like all the other white girls do or all the other black girls do. And there's that prejudice and racism and colorism from both sides of the spectrum for me personally. And someone might be listening to this and be like, oh, woe is me. Like this poor, you know, mixed girl with light eyes and nice hair has a, you know, has this difficult situation. So in no way am I, you know, going to demean or belittle anyone else's situation, but that's just my own. And I can only speak to my own truth. So I think growing up, as I experienced all those things and I kind of just came to terms of recognizing that I was never really going to fit in with anyone, I just kind of owned this space. And so after a while, I just stopped caring about how other people viewed me or what they thought or what people think is right for my life or not right for my life. Um, you would know that too, because both of my parents worked, they were both um, employees at American Airlines. And so I'm like really like the first entrepreneur in this aspect in my family where I left, you know, I came out of college, played professional soccer, which is also very new in my family and um started my own business like straight away and i'm you know working on a second one so i feel like the confidence that i come from it just comes from me knowing my truth it's everyone's always like be authentic to yourself it's harder said than done because being authentic also means that you're putting yourself on the line for people to make fun of you and for people to kind of come at you and that's difficult emotionally and mentally to deal with it's easier said than done so like if you guys go to my tiktok um at low silver you'll see like even me raising this conversation about being mixed and experiencing what it's like to be someone who is white and black in America. Um, and even the racism that I experience overseas, especially in other, in other countries like Italy, um, anyone that looks like not Italian is, is black and they will say the N word and they will, they will say it to your face. Um, and people don't understand like not even just in America, the type of racism that I experience outside of this, because we're not cultured in America. We stay in America. We love it here. But I'm someone who's lived in five different countries and have experienced a completely different culture. So I experience racism, discrimination, colorism, all those different things uh, in a multitude of ways outside of just America alone. So my confidence comes from the amount of um, abuse and the amount of um, honestly just hatred and lack of fitting in that I've experienced over my entire life. And accepting the fact that I'm just never going to fit in. And so because of that, I need to be my biggest advocate. And I am. So I love myself. I talk about it on social media. Um, I don't really care what people think about me. I get people around me. My support system is massively important for that. And that's what's helped me to become so confident because I truly am. I really, truly believe that I am someone who can do anything. I'm limitless. And because I have that mindset, I walk every single day and I just do me. And that's why people I feel like are, are so attracted to me or want to like be around me because when they see, oh, like she's this confident and then they get around me, they start to become that confident too. Because I believe that we shouldn't be in competition with each other. I shouldn't have to look at you and be like, oh, like, you know, she needs to do this or oh, she's so much better than me. I'd rather just get next to you and collaborate and build you up and build myself up so we can be confident people together. So that's my mindset. No, and it definitely shows because that's literally what you're doing. You're starting a community where you want to pay it for it and you want to help other people grow and you want to bring other people up. And yeah, I honestly, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was really nervous for this interview just because <laughs> you are so well established and I know you've accomplished so much. So I, I really do admire you. And I think a lot of people are going to be able to resonate and find a lot of value. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you. <laughs> I don't need to be nervous. Yeah, for sure. 
I know you mentioned earlier that one thing that I noticed you tell your clients and your follow followers a lot is to know how to package yourself and know your value because otherwise you could potentially be selling yourself short. So can you elaborate a little bit more about that and maybe tell us how you were able to determine your own value? Yeah. So it's really important that I feel like as people, we've been put in, we get put in these categories. Maybe we're young, maybe we're people of color. Um, maybe, you know, you're a woman and you feel like you have to be in a certain category where people naturally undervalue you. Your voice is lesser because you're younger. Your, le- your voice is lesser because you're a woman. Your voice is lesser because you're a woman of color or a man of color. And what that tends to do over time systematically is it just keeps us from valuing ourselves first and foremost. Like we kind of change our inner um, spectrum to fit what everyone else has thought or said about us. And so we actually don't even see ourselves with that, that same level of value that maybe someone else who's doing exactly what we're doing, um, you know, has that value set for themselves just because they're white or they're a male or they're older. So what I've done is I just kind of changed my own inner thermometer. Like I changed that for myself and I established that based off of number one, the experience that I've had in the space that I'm in. Number two, um, I value that based off of what I know I can bring to the table. And I feel like a lot of people deal with this imposter syndrome, whether that's on the field as an athlete or in their own business or even in their own personal lives and their relationships, they value themselves based off how the other people on the outside view them. And so then they set a price or they set uh, an expectation or standard for themselves based off that. So sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just agreeing. Like they're searching for that validation. Yes, exactly. And so I removed that, that validation from the table in a really nice way, not really caring what other people think about me. And I kind of search for that in myself. I also get the education by like, I've hired mentors to help me in the spaces that I need. Everyone needs mentors. Just like I have coaches for, you know, my, um, my soccer, you know, teams. I have coaches and trainers that I look to and seek to, you know, to continue to grow my game. I do the same thing in my business. I hire coaches to help me grow in my, in my education. Um, and I continue to put myself in positions where I'm in rooms with people who know more than me. And so as I constantly just do that, no matter if it's in my relationships or if it's in my business or in my soccer career, um, I'm constantly, my value, my stock as a person is constantly increasing. So I never have a problem with stepping into a room and saying, nope, I know what I'm doing because I'm constantly putting myself in a position to continue to grow. So when it comes to your value, a lot of times if right now you're struggling, if you're watching this or listening to this and you're struggling with um, that, that, that validation, that self-validation and you're looking for external validation, just know that you're probably more worthy than you think that you are. And so even if you're charging right now something that's super low, go ahead and add a little bit of tax. Just start to kind of just like inch that number up, even if it's slightly. Because as you do that and you start to see more success with that, you're going to just get more confident. The more experience you get with working with people, you'll get more confident with that as well. And that'll help you feel more validated with asking for your value. No, I definitely agree because I know I can resonate with that where I do freelance photography and I constantly struggle with what prices to give customers, especially like if your friend is asking for you. A lot of times you want to lower your price to accommodate your friends and be a good friend, but also you need to realize that they're paying you for your service because if they're really a good friend, they're going to support you regardless. Right, exactly. And so I want to touch a little bit more on your business of being a social media business coach. What exactly does that entail? Yeah. So people 
often hear of like business coaches, business coaches are great mentors. Like they help you come in and make a more efficient business. And when I say that, maybe it's like, um, I talked about a lot of my clients or prospect clients about this, like your current, what we call offers. So like, let's say you're a photographer and you have several packages that you create for people who you do shoots for. Um, it's really coming up with a more optimized like service package that is more beneficial to you as a photographer, but simultaneously beneficial to the client. Like oftentimes the client that you're working with, maybe that's in photography or even in fitness, they come to you and they're like, I want to lose weight or I need these photos done. And what they don't realize is sometimes what we think we need is not what we actually want. So people will come to you and be like, I need this, this, this. And you're like, actually, like you really need this. And like, I could actually save you some money if you just did this. Or, you know, you're coming to me and you're saying you want like, for instance, people who, who want to get into, want to get into fitness, to lose weight. You know, I really just know that I need to do more cardio. Like if I was doing more cardio, I would lose more weight. And the coach is like, nope, you need to get in the kitchen and you need to cook your food or nope, you need to lift heavier weight so you can lose weight. Or, you know, so when you as the expert come outward and say, you know what they need, they're not the expert in that space, right? Like you are. So I really think that when it comes to being like in the position that I'm in as a social media business coach, I'm helping people really change those official offers to make sure that they're optimized and they're perfect. And then I teach people how to monetize that on social media. And when I say monetize that, let me break that down for you. People are like, oh, you help people get monetized on social media. No. Being monetized by like a platform like TikTok or Instagram or even YouTube can be awesome, right? Like that would be amazing. But yeah. it's something that is more rare. And it's contingent on the platform. It's not contingent on you. You, which means that you don't control if that happens. Only the platform can control if you get monetized. So with that being said, why do you want to sit around all day long, fingers crossed, pumping out all this content, hoping to get monetized by a platform that may be prejudiced to you or discriminated against you, or you can't understand the algorithm. So you actually don't have the control to to get monetized no matter what you do. So what I teach people how to do is how to monetize the platform. How can you leverage the platform in order to find your own leads and your own clients to, to then make money? And so I teach people how to actually create content that's going to speak to their clients. And I also teach people how to monetize, when I say monetize again, like actually bring their offers, like I told you, the packages and those services to social media in a way that's going to help them generate leads and make money. So does that make sense? Yeah. I was just going to ask, do you have any tips that you could give someone who's looking to kind of get into that or who's looking to show themselves off as a brand, but may not know quite where to start? Yeah. My first tip to you is number one, get a mentor, like hands down, invest in a mentor and invest in yourself. I think the hardest part about people um, understanding the concept of investment is it's scary. Like you're putting up money up front for something that you don't know the results of. And that can be a scary thing. Being someone that has invested in multiple mentors, I would tell you my first time I ever invested in a mentor, I spent $35,000 on call to invest in a mentor, invest in myself with a mentor. And it was really, really scary. But that year I made $150,000. So you made your return like plus profit. Yes. And so at that time, it was very new to me. I was very new to business. I had no idea. I'd never invested in myself. I didn't even know what I was doing. Like I didn't understand even my role as a social media business coach. Like that took me a long time to get there. So I didn't know what I was even offering. Like when I told you about the offers, like I didn't know what I was really offering. I at the time was working for other people. Like I was helping them with their social medias, like facilitating it, 
doing social media management, like posting all of those things. Um, and so going through this process, I found myself here where I no longer do that role. I now teach people how to do it for themselves because there's nothing better than being self-sufficient. So when you're first kind of like getting into the space, there's there are a couple ways you can do it. One, getting a mentor, which I highly, highly recommend because it cuts your learning curve down by years. Like what I learned in that one year would have taken me trial and error. It would have probably taken me three or four years to finally get there, if not more. So I really saved myself time and I saved myself money. Now, if you're someone who can't invest, like you don't have a budget to invest and work with someone, what I recommend after that is you need to be following accounts like mine or other people to, to get all the value you possibly can for free. There are so many um, masterclasses and things that I do for free or like for $3 that you can learn and pick up so many gems from that you can incorporate into your business right now. So the second thing is I would like it'd be so much easier for you to attach yourself to, I have like mentors that are not my real mentors. Like I've never met them. I've never worked with them, but I follow them. I watch what they do in their business. I, I pick up all the value from them and I incorporate some of those pieces into my process. So that's like for people who don't have a budget to work with a mentor, that's the second thing I would do is go and research people who are in your space, who are doing way better than you are, who are years ahead of you and just listen and watch because they give a lot of free value on social media. Anyone who's a really good, like if you watch, if you look at my Instagram, I give so much value for free on my stories. I go on Instagram live. I'll talk about business. I do free masterclasses, free PDF downloads, like things like that. Get alongside people like that and download their free stuff. Go to their free things, invest the three, $10 to go to their masterclasses and just start to listen. And that's honestly, those are like my two biggest pieces when it comes to, um, where to even start if you're someone who wants to get into business or you want to figure out if what you're doing is right. And so your classes specifically, can you share like what are some of the outcomes of the campaigns that you put together for some of your clients? Yeah. So a lot of the clients that I work with, with so my program is a three-month program. And I was even talking about this today on my story, which is funny, but people who come into my program, um, the results vary according to the commitment you have to yourself in, in the business. And I tell people that very frankly, like, think about it like this. It's like, uh, you know, signing up to work with a trainer. If you work out with a trainer three times a week, but you go home and you eat Snickers and you eat like shit, excuse me, for lack of better words, and you don't, you kind of half-ass everything, you're not going to see the results that you want. But if you go in and you follow the meal plan and you follow the exercises and you go hard every single workout and you stay disciplined, you're going to see the results. So in my program, it's similar, right? I have people who come in who do well, but I have people who come in who, who crush, crush, right? And I've had people who are, who are 19 years old, even as young as 19, who come in and do and made $15,000 in that three-month period of time. I've had people who have come in and made $20,000, $30,000. I've had people who have never had a client before come into my program and leave the program with 10K. So, and actually have like a sustainable customer base after that, because it's about creating sustainable business. It's not just about creating that money. So while I'm throwing out these numbers, it's like, oh my gosh, they made all this money. These people must be really well established. No, my number one focus with entrepreneurs is to bring them in and to teach them how to be an entrepreneur. So when they're done with the program, they can create sustainable success over time. So like for people who are like watching this and listening, or even as a part of like my methodology when it comes to your business, you want to have sustainable success. It's not just instantaneous where you just can make money like that. I can make $20,000 like this, like with anything, but 
is that going to make me a million dollars later on? That's the real question. And that's what I talk about a lot. So with people who come in, it's really important that, you know, your success is, is really determined on you, your level of commitment. Um, and you can see financial results, but you also have to be prepared for the other type of, I would say, return on your investments when you come in. It's about building um, a clientele base. It's about building rapport and it's about building your brand. And it's not just like if you're in a, you know, for you, Veronica, if you are doing photography, it's not just like, oh, I'm another, you know, photographer. It's like, no, man, you have to work with Veronica. She does this, this, this. She treats her clients like this. She goes above and beyond. You know, she brings snacks to the, you know, to the shoes. She does, you know, she does this, that, and the third. People work with people. They don't work with products. So that is my mantra with business. I definitely agree because I think since graduating college, that was one thing that I really noticed that it doesn't matter about your GPA or stuff like that. Like it does, but at the same time, people want to work with you. They want to work with your personality. They want to work with your work ethic. Like they want to work with you. And so that I really love how you are out here trying to help people better showcase themselves and better like demonstrate how this is me. This is why you should work with me and X, Y, Z. Yeah. One thing I want to know. So that was your social media business. How did you get into YIB? I'm actually wearing my YIB. Yeah, I know. I see it. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, really. And so even before we tap into that, I just want to make one, one special note for people who are listening to this, cause this is a gem with social media. If you have a business or you have a brand and you feel insecure about it, or you're like nervous to like tell, like get out there. The first thing I tell people is you need to, you need to declare your space in social media. There's enough space for every person. Okay. Everyone's like, it's so diluted. Like, I don't want to like tell everyone like, like what if they like, what if I do it and it's embarrassing or like I fail or whatever you have to kind of get out of that imposter syndrome. My number one tip to you is if you have a service and you don't know if your prices are good, or if you don't know what you're doing, it doesn't matter. You need to create content about it often. You need to post about it often. You need to speak about it often and you need to show your face on social media often and speak your truth about your business. People will see your passion And people will see that you're a person and they'll see your product and seeing that knowing you and the level of um, integrity and your skill set when you show the results of what you're doing, when they see that, they're going to want to work with you. So you have the only way that you can do that is by showing people that you do it, right? If you don't post it, if you don't put it out there, people won't know. So I just want to make that note because if people are watching this and you're struggling with that, that's where you can start. Either, you know, like that right there, like get with a mentor or follow a mentor that you love and start to, you'll see that those mentors are constantly on social media, posting their results, posting tips, showing the, showing everyone what they're doing. Do the same exact thing. Duplication, right? Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Just turn the gear. And that's all you have to do. So I just wanted to make a note on that. Yeah, no, I love that. Like, I think the biggest thing is showing up. And that's the hardest thing for most people sometimes. Yes. So like segueing to YIB, that's exactly what I did. I didn't mean to, I didn't want to have a clothing brand. I feel like a lot of people who start trying to create like a brand or start to like try to create a business, the first thing they want to do is create clothing because it's kind of the easiest thing to do. In a sense, it's a very difficult, trust me, it's a very difficult business. Um, The overhead can be a lot, but it feels like the easiest thing to do where you can like create something dope and like people will buy it. Um, but it's a really hard area to get into. So when I 
created YIB, it was very much organic because I, I wasn't trying to create a clothing line. Um, I was just trying to speak my piece. And so with my business, so my company is called Silver But Gold. And my name is Lauren Silver, but everything I do is gold. And that's how I came up with that mantra. That It's that level of excellence. It's that level of, you know, intensity. So with my brand, I even like if I'm on calls or something and let's say like I'm just on this podcast with you and I get thirsty, like I can drink my water, but I always have my brand like on the call or on my clothing. So you'll never see me like even on this call, I'm not wearing a branded shirt. You won't see a Nike. You won't see Adidas. You will see either non-branded or you'll see my brand in every single video. So when it came to YIB, I was just trying to come up with like clothing for my call. So when I get on my calls with my clients, I would, I would be repping silver, but gold, or I'd be repping something that, that, that matches like my voice and my intensity. So what happened was I was just sitting down and um, I was just trying to come up with some really cool slogans. And at the time this was during, um, this was during the time that George Floyd was murdered um and there was a huge obviously i was in richmond virginia there was massive massive riots riots like right outside of my house where i was living and um i had gotten on a call with my mom and i was just like hey like i feel like i'm supposed to be down there like i feel like i'm supposed to be out there with everyone else and like i feel kind of stupid honestly like being inside and i was like i was still working on my business i was still doing all those things but it didn't feel aligned at the time because i just saw my people downstairs writing and I was like I or like and even protesting and just being a part of like what is going on not that I wanted to be violent in any way but I just wanted to be a part of like the you know peaceful protest and speaking like my truth and I called her and she was like is that going to be productive for you like is it going to be safe for you you know to go down there people walking around with guns there's people are dying um is that the best way that you can utilize you know your voice and I was like hmm so what I did is I went and made a shirt again, like for my business, I do this all the time. So I make my own clothing and I wear it on my calls. So I went and made a crew neck that said, yeah, I'm black. And I, when I sat down, like I, again, like I wasn't intending to make that. I was kind of just coming with a bunch up with a bunch of different things, but that kind of came to me and I honestly clicked like a random font and I was like, wow, I really love that. And I went and printed it. And that was, a, that was the crew neck I had. And I, I posted a photo of it. And I, I really just wrote like, read the crew. Cause it said, yeah, I'm black. And I said, read the crew. And so many people were like, Oh my gosh, I love this. Like, this is so cool. This is amazing. And, um, I think a couple hours later, I literally went in, I just changed the caption to say like coming soon. And that was honestly how the brand started. Like you could go to my Instagram, scroll down, you will see it. Um, I'm standing in front of my Jeep. I'm wearing my crew neck. And it literally says like, read the crew you know, dropping soon, coming soon. And that's honestly how the brand started. So it was really just something that's, it's really just my voice outward on a piece of clothing. And that's how the brand came alive. And after that, it's been growing. We've done crewnecks, hoodies, long sleeves, t-shirts, um, joggers now. And we're doing a, a special sale for, you know, winter and stuff like that coming up with joggers and um, a long sleeve crop top. So it that's how it really started. And now we've had so many opportunities because of it. But again, like I just really on on social media, I just put it out there without knowing how, like, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, but I didn't have a problem vocalizing it. And then I did. And here we are. Yeah. Like you were authentic, you were being you and you were just doing what you felt was the best action because I understand that. I know a lot of people 
felt very conflicted about protesting. They were they either really wanted to or they felt kind of scared and didn't know how else to be a part of the movement. How else can they share their voice? Like I know a lot of people did GoFundMe's or petitions. And so YIB, what is your goal for YIB? Yeah, so the vision that we have is it's going beyond the clothing. Um, we're going to become a nonprofit. My goal is to like have people on the ground be able to actually fundraise and build money and build a charity within our company where we can tie ourselves with other organizations and be able to actually um, you know, give and donate money to causes that we believe in or be the cause itself. Like our goal is to be able to be on the ground and to help people like, for instance, like even with um, incarceration and going through the process, the legal process of having people, you know, be sent to jail, not just not being represented properly. Like we want to be on the ground to be able to create um, funding for us to provide resources for situations like that. And right now, like I said, it just kind of starts with clothing, clothing, but we've even, we've even created like an incentivized um, ambassadorship program within our, within our actual business where people who do join actually do make money, a significant amount of money in relation to other clothing companies um, where they can make money. And we advocate that they donate those funds to locally being able to sponsor a young student, to sponsor a young musician, a young athlete, um, someone in their community who needs that money. And so this way we can directly see the result of the funds that we're creating for people rather than um, you know, nothing against the, the Black Lives Matter Foundation, but again, it's one of those like larger, bigger, organized charities where you just don't really know where your money's going. So my goal is to like really intimately create um, a setup where we're able to, you know, advocate, donate um, for people who are specifically within our communities and that we can, you know, affect directly. Yeah, it's like a pay it forward type of movement. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to know, you spend so much time working on your business and you're an athlete. What's one thing that you do for low? Like what's one thing that you do just for you? Yeah. So I have low time every single day. I, I put that in my schedule, just like I literally have it in my calendar. I could actually show it to you. Like between the hours of nine and 12, every single day, I don't touch my phone. Like I don't talk to anyone in my business. All my, my whole team knows that I firmly believe in like really strong boundaries. So between nine and 12, every single day, um, you will not receive a text message from me. I will be on my phone if I'm like creating something, if I wanted to create a post or I have a post that I want to get out. I usually will post that even before that period of time. Um, But I have morning meetings with my team every single uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, where we meet and we go over, you know, the objective of the week and the day. And then after that morning meeting, I have nine to 12 every single day where it's my time between the hours of 12 and five. Like today, I, 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 I even pushed a little bit just because I wanted to make sure I did this call for you. Um, but between the hours of nine and uh, tw- uh, 12 and five, I take client calls, prospect calls, team calls, um, and anything else. And then there's certain occasions where I have it like, like why the YIB, like the common, the common ground conversation we have in the evenings. So those are once a month, but I have those boundaries that I have in place to make sure that I have my me time and my me time consists of journaling, sitting down, honestly, watching Netflix. Sometimes some, some entrepreneurs are like, don't watch Netflix. Like you should be grinding, grinding, grinding. I don't believe in that. I believe in balance. I believe in, um, finding things that fill you up. And I love, you know, new girl. I watch that like often, you know, in the background, even if I'm just listening to it, I love to feel like I'm around people. So I don't necessarily watch TV. It's just on or music will be on for me. I listen to a lot of music. Um, I journal and I sit in my own space and I think, and I just 
do that. So that's like my me time every single day. And I've incorporated that by establishing boundaries. Some people try to wait a long time to establish those things. You got to establish that, that shit early, super early. No, I definitely agree because that's honestly one thing that I started doing was I started doing myself Mondays, like me Mondays, yeah. and I love it. So I'll come home from work. I get a bottle of wine. And yes, it's a bottle. It's not a glass, a <laughs> bottle of wine. And I just chill. I watch anime. I just, I live yeah. my best life and I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Now, one thing, one last question I want to ask you before we wrap up is what's one lesson that you've learned from being an entrepreneur that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Being an entrepreneur, you have to have a type B mindset. So I'm a type A person, very detail oriented. I love stuff the way that I love it. I'm controlling. I'm stubborn. Um, I like things like boom, 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 boom. Um, so as an entrepreneur, I always tell people, this is my mindset. You have to be a type B entrepreneur with type A habits. So what does that mean, type B? So a type B person is someone who's kind of like go with the flow, very relaxed, um, very flexible in the best way, like can be can go from like one thing to the next, move on to this, doesn't have to finish a task. Entrepreneurship, you have to be someone who can handle multiple tasks at the same time, but know that you're not going to just be able to check them off. Type A people, we want to like and finish the list. Entrepreneurship, it's always an ongoing list. So you got to be a type B entrepreneur with type A habits, meaning that when you do these tasks, you do them excellently. You're on it. You don't, you know, you don't slack. You don't let things get by, but you need to be okay with not always finishing everything. And that's the type B, being able to be flexible and being able to pivot. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Lauren Lowe, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. You dropped so many gems, a lot of knowledge. What are some handles that people can find you at? Yeah, so on Instagram, you can find me at lowsilver underscore. That's my personal page. You can also find me on TikTok at lowsilver. Um, and then you can also find YB the brand at, um, at YB the brand on Instagram. Um, and then finally, Silverbook Gold, you can find us as well at, at Silverbook Gold underscore on, on Instagram. So in some capacity, honestly, if you type in low silver, you're going to find us. Um, so I look forward to like hopefully chatting with a lot of you guys. My DMs are open. I do my best to respond to people. Um, that's one of the things, another note for you guys. Um, I'm not someone who's too good for anyone. I will message you back. It may take a while, but I will definitely message you back because I think Building rapport with people and building connections, no matter the level or what you do, is super important. So please reach out to me. I'd love to, I'd love to chat. Awesome. And I'll definitely make sure to tag all your handles in the description below. Thank you so much, Lo. Yeah. Thanks for having me. See you guys. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Above the Mean. If you liked it, make sure to comment and subscribe. Like always, I'll be uploading new episodes every Tuesday morning. Don't forget to follow our Instagram account. I'll be uploading highlight clips and bonus reels from the podcast. You can find the tag for that in the description below. As always, remember, don't settle for average. Rise above the mean and stand out. <laughs>